I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. back to Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Tuesday morning as we wake up after the Denver Nuggets third preseason game. Final score of this past one against the Phoenix Suns, Nuggets 107, Phoenix Suns 102. This game was closer or was a little bit further than the score indicated, not as close as the score indicates. Uh, All of the Nuggets starters were plus 13, plus 16, plus 14, plus 20 uh, in their limited time. The bench kind of siphoned away some points at the end of the game. Uh, The Nuggets really dominated this one throughout. They did a great job of getting out to a nice lead, uh, had a great time with that. Uh, For more of this great Nuggets coverage, though, I want you guys to check out denverstiffs.com. Great for content, for news and analysis, highlights and fan reaction. We had a recap up immediately after the game. Highlights from Michael Porter Jr., who had another excellent game. Uh, We had the Pickaxe podcast yesterday with Zach and Gordon. They produced a great Pickaxe podcast episode with some good MPJ discussion as well. And there's a special trio of podcast episodes coming to the channel starting on Wednesday. So keep a lookout for that tomorrow. Uh, Going to be great. But want to get into stat of the week real quick. I did a stat of the week yesterday focusing on floaters. Uh, big deal with floaters is that the Nuggets have had a really good jo- really good time with floaters over the course of the past year. Uh, Nikola Jokic had a game winner against the Miami Heat with a floater. Jamal Murray ended the San Antonio Spurs season in Game 7 of the Western Conference first round playoffs with a floater this past year. Uh, so then the floater has been really prevalent for Denver over the past couple of seasons. However, I really think that it's being a bit overemphasized Overall, uh, Nikola Jokic and Monte Morris really good on these floaters, really good on these shots. But Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Malik Beasley—they're merely above average, uh, which just sounds like okay, that's that's great. But the problem, however, is that Denver's gone too far in the direction of floaters. They have the second best efficiency on the second highest frequency. Now, normally that sounds fine, that sounds great, but the average floater is just so much less valuable than the average shot, the average three-point shot from the corner, the average layup, the average attempt at the free throw line. Like 
the floater is a is a last resort shot, but the Nuggets have made it a high priority within their offense. Uh, Chris Marlowe said on the broadcast yesterday that the floater was one of the main weapons practiced in prior to the game against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Gary Harris had a floater that was an and one. Jamal Murray had several during the game, uh, one successful, a couple less successful. Uh, those guys are really focused on the floater game, the in-between game this year, and I have a fear that this is one of the things that's holding back Denver from becoming a truly elite offense. Uh, saw Gary Harris work for an and one as opposed to a floater early in the game yesterday. That's what I would more like to see in this particular case, just because Denver has such a high potential with those guys getting to the rim, uh, using their change of direction and their their athleticism, especially in Harris's case, to be able to maneuver and get to the rim and go through contact and get to the free throw line. Uh, shooting the floater often leads to less contact, often avoids contact in a lot of these cases. And by avoiding that, it also avoids getting to the free throw line, getting to a lot of those places that I think the Denver Nuggets offense should probably get to. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs had a similar combination of being a really high efficiency, really high frequency team in terms of shooting floaters. However, uh, they were also highly efficient at everything else. And the Nuggets had a down year as a three-point shooting team last year. They they weren't very efficient at the rim. Uh, both of those are highly impactful when it comes to overall offensive health and I really do think that if Denver is going to get to a good offensive place again, they have to start focusing on those other aspects. Uh, the floater is a great shot to have in the back of your ha- in the back of your mind, but unfortunately, it shouldn't really be the be all end all uh, for Nuggets fans. They just have to really come to grips with that. That's that's something that I think that Jamal Murray and Gary Harris should be working back into their game. Uh, Less floaters, uh, more drives to the layup, more drives for layups overall, more pull-up threes, especially in Murray's case. Uh, Harris had a really nice pull-up three in transition today, too. I think that if he continues to work that into his game and become confident with that, he could take a real leap. Uh, the floater is just an aspect of the game, a tool in the toolbox, if you will, to to make it the the priority in terms of where... Uh, where these guys are going. I, don't, I just don't think that that's the right course of action. For more details on the numbers uh, related to that, check out denverstiffs.com for stat of the week. They'll have it pinned to the front page at some point. Uh, but let's dive into the rest of this pod. I wanted to introduce a new segment to the numbers nuggets pod or uh, nuggets numbers pod. Um, three numbers to remember, and this is going to be a weekly thing, so only three numbers. Don't have to worry about anything else. The first number is 35. Uh, through three preseason games, Jeremy Grant's plus-minus is 35. He leads the team. He's showing a clear impact thus far. Worked really well with Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris tonight. It honestly looks like he's been a part of the team for years. Just the way that he's moving off ball, the way that he's defending and rotating – a consummate professional, somebody who you would love to have on your team. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers fans and Oklahoma City fans, they were unhappy to let go of Grant in both cases. 
Uh, Nuggets fans really got a gem. Uh, he's going to be a lot of fun. He he showcased a solid skill set today. He had a pull-up mid-range jumper, which I hadn't seen before. He's a solid passer when he, when the opportunity presents itself. He had 22 points uh, tonight on eight shots. That's a big deal. That's a, an incredibly efficient number. Uh, that Nuggets fans should be really excited about. But plus 35, that averages out to just under plus 12 uh, per game, which is insane. That's insane production and something, if the Nuggets fans get that throughout the entire year, they're going to be really, really happy. Second number is 73. That's the number of turnovers for the Nuggets in the last three games. Uh, That averages out to way too many for me to count. I think it's 24.3. Uh, that's a really, really high number, and while a lot of that is being called ex- excessively by referees with some offensive fouls and accentuations and some travel calls that I don't think will be uh, too prevalent in the upcoming season, I do think that there is something to it that the Nuggets have are one of the most turnover-prone teams to start the year. Uh Last year, the Nuggets got their turnover problems under control, and even though their offensive efficiency dropped, because their turnovers dropped too, their their overall offensive efficiency or their offensive rating stayed pretty level. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen this year if they if they jump their turnover numbers. So we're gonna have to keep an eye on that. That's a that's a number to watch for sure going into the year. Uh, last number is 26.1. That is the opposing three-point percentage thus far against Denver. Uh, defense looks pretty good. Defense on the perimeter is hustling out to different guys. Uh, they've left the corners open on a few occasions, especially at the start of this game. It was pretty clear that uh, Ricky Rubio and the Phoenix Suns were looking to hit the corners a lot. Uh, that has to change, obviously. The Nuggets were one of the worst at defending the the corners this past year and they they had an unnaturally large amount of corner threes against them and an unnaturally uh inefficient spark against them in the corners uh was really surprised about that um but we're we're gonna have to pay attention to that as well that's something going into the year that michael malone said he wanted to to continue to stop against and when he also says he wants to protect the paint, uh, the corner is often the the place that is left open. So if the Nuggets are protecting the paint too heavily and teams start to shoot open, open threes from the corner against them, that's a massive problem. That's a massive issue that they're going to have to deal with. So if they want to be a 55-win team, a 58-win team, 60 wins, then... That's just something that they're going to have to figure out. And and having length on the perimeter like Michael Porter Jr. and Jeremy Grant will certainly help that. Those guys are quick and they're long and lengthy and can get out to the perimeter really quickly, even if they leave a guy open temporarily. So we'll have to see what happens there. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to break down this game a little bit more in depth with my top takeaways from the main rotation. All those guys look pretty great. We're going to be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, price line. Welcome back to Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn. Uh, doing a solo pod today, recapping the game, uh, recapping the Phoenix Suns game. Gave some tidbits on stat of the week and some three nuggets to, or three numbers to remember in the first segment. So uh, the three numbers to remember will be a recurring segment. I'll definitely take some ideas on other recurring numbers related segments. Uh, going to be interesting. I might do a little bit of teaching in terms of analytics in one segment a week. So just be aware that this show is absolutely evolving and we're going to try and take it in some new directions and have a good time with it. So let's break down the game though. The top takeaways from the main rotation thus far, uh, Paul Millsap and Malik Beasley were given the night off tonight. They they appeared on the injury report a couple days ago. Uh, I speculated that the Nuggets wouldn't take any chances with those guys and they would give them the night off. And that's exactly what happened. Um, Michael Malone took that opportunity to insert Torrey Craig into the starting lineup and also get some minutes for Jeremy Grant at the power forward position. And that five, that unit, that five man unit, it didn't shoot the ball well initially. Um, but they did a great job of moving the ball and everybody seemed pretty natural. Uh, Craig and Grant were more off-ball players, but Grant even handled the ball a little bit himself. Uh, the Nuggets wanted to take advantage of mismatches in this lineup a lot, and I really liked it. I thought that it was the the right way to go about things. Uh, whenever the Phoenix Suns decided they wanted to uh, switch off of Jeremy Grant, the Nuggets wanted to post him up a little bit. One time he got hit with an offensive foul when being guarded by Ricky Rubio, but the other times he was very successful. Drew some fouls, uh, got into the interior. He dunked over um, one of the Phoenix Suns. I think it was Ty Jerome, a very fierce dunk. Uh, Looked great. Uh, Jeremy Grant had 22 points tonight on just eight field goal attempts. He shot two of three from three. Shot eight of eight from the free throw line, which I thought was very notable. Uh, he's not known as a great uh, free throw shooter. I think he shot about 70% last year. Uh, if he had a major step up in his free throw percentage, then that would include that would improve his overall efficiency. And the Nuggets want as many efficient players as they can, especially guys like Grant who are going to play more off ball. Uh, it's okay if Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic have a little bit lesser efficiency while they continue to tend to the offensive needs and play make for everybody. But those guys that are finishers, the Gary Harris's, the and maybe not even him as much because he's going to take on some more additional playmaking responsibilities this year. But Jeremy Grant, Malik Beasley, Torrey Craig, Wancho Hernan Gomez, you want those guys that play off ball to be as efficient as possible. And it really doesn't get any more efficient for anybody than 22 points on eight field goal attempts. Uh, being efficient from the free throw line is going to be extremely important for Grant. He's going to get fouled a lot in this offense, especially if defenses continue to switch on him. He had three steals defensively and overall looked great on, on defense again, just kind of backing up uh, Nikola Jokic on the baseline when Nikola Jokic was in the pick and roll. 
that's going to continue to change, and teams are going to try and figure out how to stop those guys. But overall, I just think that Nikola Jokic and Jeremy Grant is going to be an excellent offensive duo. Uh, and Grant's showed it so far. He's been awesome. And as I noted in the three numbers numbers to remember, the plus 35 for Grant's plus minus, he's an extremely impactful player, and, and I hope he gets as much time as possible. Um, I talked about Torrey Craig getting the start. He didn't look great um, on offense tonight, but he did have three assists. He did have three rebounds, and I thought he defended Devin Booker reasonably well. Uh, Booker had eight points and four assists in 25 minutes, so he was fine. He he also had three turnovers, which were uh, a great job by, by Torrey Craig and everybody else that kind of convened on Booker as the primary offensive option. Uh, they look great. The Nuggets starters especially, I thought they defended really well. Uh, Jamal Murray got burned one or two times, but other than that, everybody else was pretty solid. It was it was a, a welcome change. Uh, this, can't believe that this Nuggets team is, is a top 10 defensive unit right now. They're, they're looking great. They're looking stellar. They've defended very well. Um, a lot of people have noted that they could regress this year, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case when you add Grant. And if you start Torrey Craig, then, then the Nuggets defense could be very solid again. Um, so we'll just have to see how that goes. Uh, but again, the first time this year that Denver starters looked pretty good. Jokic took more of a backseat as a scorer tonight. Murray, Harris, and Grant scored 43 of their points in the first half. Uh, the Nuggets as a whole scored 66, I believe. Yeah, that's 66. Uh, so 43 of the 66 points came from three starters in that first half. They they finished with 22 for Grant, uh, 16 for Murray, 18 for Harris. Harris was also very solid. He walked into a transition three, which I thought was very aggressive of him this time. Uh, he looked great. Murray, on the other hand, was a little bit more up and down. Uh, he had the start of the game that was very strong. He didn't like shoot the ball extremely well. He missed one of his one of his threes to open up the quarter, but he finished the first half with five assists, just one turnover. I thought he moved the ball really well, played really well within the flow of the offense, and he hit two of his three pointers, which were very big. He hadn't hit any three pointers to that point. But then in the third quarter, things kind of fell apart for him. He had he was one of six from the field. He had three turnovers and just kind of overall appeared out of sorts within the flow of the offense. Uh, not what you want to see from your starting point guard who's going into his fourth season and, and already in line to make max, max contract money on a guaranteed deal. So the Nuggets are hoping that he figures these things out and starts to uh, develop that consistency. But these peaks and valleys were were what made Murray so difficult to evaluate last year. Uh, the Nuggets are hoping that the peaks are more of what his consistent numbers are, but it's very possible that he's just an inconsistent player for, for the majority of his career. And that would be a really tough pill to swallow for the Nuggets because they committed so much money to him and, and did so at the earliest possible time. Um, I have to imagine that they are... are like it's too early to react, of course. Like this is preseason; you don't want to make wide sweeping judgments on anything uh, up until this point. But you still have to be a little bit concerned, I guess. That Jamal Murray, you're, you want him to be the second best player on this team, and I, I don't think he has proven that thus far. Uh, he could certainly prove that soon. Um, 
but he needs he needs to get warm and uh you want a guy like that to be as consistent as you can be and for the past 3 years of his career he started things pretty slow um if he continues to start slow again that's a that's a pretty big problem that's the nuggets need to be if if they want to be one of the best teams in the west then i think they need to have that consistency throughout the year um you of course would take peaking at the right time and whether that's in february march april may or if it's uh december onwards i you would you would hope it would be as early as possible but you never know uh he's still young he's still figuring things out you just hope that he figures it out as soon as he can um Let's see. Let's see. Let's talk about let's talk about Michael Porter Jr. really quick because he was a part of the main rotation tonight. Uh, it was the first time that he's been a part of the main rotation, and I thought that he once again proved that he deserves it. He deserves that that kind of respect and to be a part of this small forward competition. Uh, he's at eleven points, five rebounds, and shot five of ten from the field tonight. He is one of two on his three pointers. Had a really nice transition three. Uh, very high release, very quick release off of the catch. Looked very good. He also had a a baseline jumper that was just picturesque when you talk about somebody who's 6'10 or taller. Uh, catching the ball immediately, fading out of bounds, just looking great. You can't teach that to many guys. And it seems that Porter kind of has that it factor, which is, which is wonderful to see. The jump shot really remains a weapon. Uh both when he's wide open and when he's contested. The defense is going to have to respect him regardless of where he is on the court. That bodes well for Denver's offense, both in the present and in the future. Uh, defenses don't always have to respect Wancherhan and Gomez or Torrey Craig, especially if those guys are going through slumps at any point. And maybe Michael Porter Jr. goes through a slump and he's shooting 27% from three in December and and isn't looking all that great, but I still think that his reputation, his consistency, his uh, his aggressiveness, and kind of his reputation, just 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 who he is as a player, he's going to continue taking those shots and thinking he's going to make them every time. Um, and you want somebody like that as a rookie. You you want to corral them a little bit, of course. You don't want them to go buck wild, but uh, aggressiveness is better than passiveness in most cases, and I, I tend to think that aggressiveness is better for Porter here. He has to prove that he belongs, and he can do that in different ways. He did it on the defensive end today. He had two, uh, yeah, two steals and, or two blocks, excuse me, and one steal. Uh, the two blocks that he had were both help side blocks. Looked really, really good coming from the help side and, and blocking some guards off the backboard both times. Uh, I thought he looked great defensively. Still has a problem with sticking with his man a little bit. He struggled to track Frank Kaminsky, of all people, tonight. Uh, Kaminsky went off, had a little bit of 22 points himself, but he contained smaller players on the perimeter. I thought when he was switched out on guys like Jalen Lequeux, uh, he had Elia Kobo a couple of times. He had Ty Jerome a couple of times. I thought he did great. Oh, Javon Carter was another one. Javon Carter tried to take him to the rim and immediately fell. 
and and passed and it was intercepted by somebody else but Michael Porter Jr. should be credited with that steal because he completely swallowed Carter who then tried to make an additional move that he wasn't comfortable making because of what Porter did so I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him so far how could anybody not like this this dude this is his third official competitive game and you love what you're seeing from him Last or second to last, Morris and Plumley, uh, Monte Morris, Mason Plumley. They kind of highlighted that second unit when Nikola Jokic had three fouls early in the first quarter. Uh, Plumley came in. I thought he played really well with that unit as well. Uh, but with the second unit, Morris and Plumley were kind of the guys who the ball just kept finding those guys every single time down the court. Uh, Plumley had six yeah he had six assists tonight. Monte Morris only had one, but I thought he passed the ball really well. Uh, put the ball on the money for guys that needed it. Uh, sometimes the the shot just isn't dropping, and and that's kind of what happened tonight. But I thought that Juancho Hernan Gomez and Will Barton just didn't look very comfortable out there uh, with those units that they were a part of. I uh, really felt like they were out of place. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what a Morris, Malik Beasley, Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley lineup looks like instead. Uh, I think that that five is probably going to be Denver's best bench unit uh, without including a starter. So we're going to have to see how it goes, but I'm really looking forward to seeing that group. Didn't think that Will Barton had a good game tonight. He went two of eight, but just looked uncomfortable more than anything. Uh, didn't think he, like, he had one drive to the rim that I thought looked really good when he rejected a screen, but it was kind of in garbage time. Not sure how hard the Phoenix Suns were trying at that point, so it was a nice bucket, but almost a throwaway in, in this case. So we're going to have to see how Barton evolves. This was kind of his first bad game, I would say. Um, had a really bad game defensively, too. I thought he got lost a variety of times on the perimeter, struggled to contain a little bit, didn't really impact the game as a as much of a rebounder or anything. So two turnovers himself. So we're, we're just going to have to see how it goes. He still hasn't really hit his perimeter shots yet. So once he starts hitting those, then he may just look like a different player. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see what happens, though. He So far, he hasn't done a great job there. So let's take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the small forward competition a little bit more in depth. Uh, lots of trends are starting to form through three games. I have my opinions on who should start, who should come off the bench. Uh, when we come back, I will share those. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Nuggets Numbers. We're breaking down the Phoenix Suns-Denver Nuggets game in the first two segments, pretty much. But 
In this last segment, want to <coughs> excuse me, want to break down the small forward competition. Uh, there have been the four guys that have had their various moments. All four guys played tonight, and once again, I thought that Michael Porter Jr. looked the best of those four. Um, I think, in my opinion, he has to be in the regular rotation no matter what happens. He's proven that he's healthy. He has proven that he can be a consistent contributor. His production every game has been steady, and he appears pretty comfortable in his role at this point. I was really surprised by that, uh, given his reputation, given what he had said previously when the when the media first talked to him in April of 2018. Uh, I was a little surprised about um, just how he has kind of assuaged into his role uh, really dis- really figured things out, really become a professional and just said, hey, if I want to play, I have to figure out ways to contribute to this group. And he's found ways. He's he's done a pretty decent job defensively. He's up and down. He's still learning, but that's the case with every rookie most of the time, especially rookies that haven't played in two years. So you kind of get it. But the offensive talent is undeniable. Uh, he's not going to take a bunch of shots He's probably going to play only 15 minutes off the bench, but they're going to be low pressure. He needs the reps to figure things out. And with time, I think he's going to get better. Uh, Really just seems like he has to play at this point. Like the Nuggets have invested a lot of time and effort and energy into him. And he's continuing to pay it back with good production. So I think he's been the best small forward of all of four candidates thus far. And while that doesn't necessarily mean he has to start, I actually don't think it's a good idea that he starts. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to handle the minutes load of a starter night in, night out. So you want to be able to put him in a position where you can rest him on occasion, where he only has to play 15 to 20 minutes. But if he can do that competently and continue to develop his body, continue to get used to the the grind of the NBA season. Once he does that, he may be starting by the end of the year. (coughs) Excuse me. The real competition, in my opinion, is Will Barton and Torrey Craig for the starting position. I think that one of those guys will get the starting role, and I think that one of those guys is going to be left on the outside of the rotation. Uh, With the way that Porter has played, with the way that he looks and has continued to prove that he deserves to be out there, I think you have to pick between one or the other of Barton and Craig. I really do think that Wancho has fallen behind this competition. Uh, Just doesn't look uh, great, in my opinion. I thought that he had some bad moments defensively again tonight. Uh, His game style just isn't very involved. And while he keeps the ball moving, while he helps get the ball into the hands of other people, the Nuggets need to continue to evolve. And they need guys who are going to be impacting the game in a playoff series. And I just don't think uh, Wancho this year is going to actually be that guy. So we'll just have to see what happens. But uh, the real competition, as I said, is Barton or Craig for the starting role. The case for Barton, in my opinion, he's the more talented guy. He's the more versatile guy, especially offensively. Uh, When Jamal Murray's having a bad game, you can play Will Barton on the ball. When Jamal Murray's having a good game, you can play Will Barton off the ball and trust that he's going to make his shots at a higher uh, at a higher clip than Torrey Craig will. Um, He has Jokic's trust within the flow of the offense. That's a really, really important factor. 
Uh, Barton really, really like Jokic really likes Barton. That's that's one of the things that has been one of the one of the main takeaways of mine in training camp. Uh, just kind of being around this team a little bit. Uh, Jokic is a big fan of a lot of guys. He's taken Michael Porter Jr. under his wing, but he also really likes Will Barton. And that's a guy that uh, was one of Jokic's biggest friends at the beginning of his career. And, and Barton's been with him ever since. And they like each other. They they know each other. They respect each other. And so I think that he definitely has an inside track to start. Uh, his ceiling is higher than Craig's when fully optimized. And uh, being that he can play on, on and off the ball, I really think that that's important. And and Craig's shot has just been off in the preseason thus far. Like, Barton at least has been able to get to the rim and play make for others and, and do various things that I think are more important for Denver's offense going into the year. While defense has been important, they've been able to play defense without Torrey Craig on the floor. Um, but the case for Craig, of course, is that the offense performed better tonight with Craig out there. Even though he wasn't performing as well himself, he was able to contribute to an offense that was successful. It was against the Phoenix Suns. I want to highlight that. The Suns are not a good defensive team. But it just it still happened. It, it's not like we can't just discount that completely. Um, I thought Craig defended Devin Booker really nicely and limited his impact tonight, as, as I talked about in the previous segment. When you have a guy who's capable of defending the other team's top option, it's nice to have him out there consistently. You want to have Torrey Craig being able to shoot the open three and, and being able to do so consistently because he is the better defender. There's no doubt about it. He gives better hustle. He has better technique. Uh, focus is a little bit more. Uh, that's that's really important, and Michael Malone really appreciates that as a as kind of a defensive-minded coach. Uh, Craig has also shown the opportunity and the capability to get hot from behind the arc in various times. I thought he did a great job in the postseason. Uh, as as the numbers can relate, 47% from three in the postseason, that's a big deal. Uh, if he can replicate that, maybe not to 46%, but if he shot 40%, or 38%, even as low as 36%. I think defenses have to respect him a little bit more at that point, and the Nuggets can trust him a little bit more. They may not trust him a ton, but that's okay, because I think in order for Jamal Murray and Gary Harris to be the best versions of, of themselves, they have to have a little bit of trial by fire. They can't be relying on Will Barton for playmaking responsibilities. And if, if they want to def develop into all-star caliber point guards and shooting guards and, and guys that are capable of being excellent ball handlers, Barton's going to both take pressure off of them, but also it could, it could baby them a little bit. I think that kind of happened over the last couple of years with Murray. Uh, he didn't develop as much of as a ball handler as I think people really hoped he would. Uh, that's a problem. And especially for your star starting point guard, you want that guy to be able to be very confident with the ball in his hands. Having Barton be taking the ball out of his hands pretty consistently, that could lead to some issues. So we're going to see what happens. But in my opinion, I think that Barton should start at least at the beginning. I think there's a chance you lose him um, mentally. If you put him all the way on the bench, because I, I, regardless of who starts, I really do think that Michael Porter Jr. should be coming off the bench. He could be the best of these guys at the end of the year. And you want that guy to be ready to play. 
Uh, if he's not ready to play, then that's that's your problem because you didn't play him. So give him the opportunities to succeed and give him the reps. But that means that one of Barton and one of Craig probably not going to see a bunch of floor time this year. And if I had to guess, I think that Barton is the guy that they keep, especially because he's on a on a contract going forward. He still has three years on his deal, two plus a player option. I kind of think that they want to make it work with him. And if, if they can't make it work with him, then he may be on the trade block. Um, if if Tory Craig out, outright wins the job, or if Barton struggles going forward and then they decide to start Tory Craig, to, uh, Will Barton could certainly be on the trading block after that because I don't think he's going to be happy just sitting on the bench with with the competitor that he is. Like, It just doesn't make sense in my, in my head. Um, this is going to be a big test for Michael Malone because he hasn't had this deep of a roster before. This many guys who deserve to deserve to play consistently. Uh, last year, he had to do a tough service for Isaiah Thomas and bench him after nine games. But that was because Isaiah Thomas wasn't healthy. And it was pretty easy to see that the Nuggets just weren't performing as well with him on the floor. I have to think that whether Barton's on the floor or Craig's on the floor or Porter's on the floor or Wancho's on the floor, those guys are all pretty similar. They just bring different strengths and weaknesses right now. So uh, the Nuggets can probably get similar production from all four of those guys at this point. But I just have to imagine that they're going to start with Barton. Uh, he's been their guy. He's the incumbent. He's the person who I think that they trust the most in the starting lineup at the moment. And then I think they're going to go Porter off the bench because he deserves it at this point. He's he's earned the right. So that's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Really appreciate you guys turning in. Been having a great time with this. Thank you so much for tuning into all of our podcast episodes. We've seen a large growth in terms of downloads over the last several weeks. So thank you so much. We really appreciate giving out all of this great content uh, and really appreciate just just the response that we've had from you guys. So it's been wonderful. Uh, again, I'm Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Check back in tomorrow for a special episode of the Denver, uh, or a, a special podcast episode from the Denver Shifts podcast network. I don't want to spoil who it is. I don't want to spoil what's going on, but we're going to have a great time with it. So give me a shout and we will see you guys in next week.